You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders, we sometimes follow the industry papers <laughs> and we look for articles, industry papers. It's called the web. We look at the web and we follow some really good industry leaders like Harvard Business Review, Fortune, Forbes, and they put out some pretty good articles about things that are happening in the world of business, right? I don't know. Diana's laughing at me right now. Why are you laughing, Diana? They put out some pretty good I stuff. I think you were just like, well, you know, the giant, huge business magazines put out <laughs> decent business articles. <laughs> you sounded a little insane for a second, just like a quick second. Just to share. Yeah, they do a good job. I just, they're just people like we are. And I just want to give them a shout out. They're doing yeah. people at Forbes. You guys are doing great. People at Fortune, Harvard Business Review, you guys do some great work. We just mm-hmm. really appreciate you. Yeah. They're humans. Yep sitting up there and they're like, they, oh goodness, people centric just endorsed us. I'm sure they rushed in tomorrow. The team of people centric just said we were awesome. This is fantastic. Well, anyways, one of the articles that just came out from fortune, Diana caught this one are the top skills that employers are looking for. And it talks a little bit about some of the technical hard skills, like strategic thinking, analytical skills, problem solving, critical thinking. I think I said problem solving twice. Those types of skills is what employers are looking for. And then also the soft skills that they're looking for, which are things like communication, humility, time management, those types of things. Well, we started talking about that as a team and we had some pretty interesting perspectives. When we hear that managers are looking for more people for that are more problem solvers or more critical thinking, again, as consultants, that kind of clicks off some boxes in our heads and we think maybe that's not really what's happening there. So we thought we would dive into this a little bit more, this topic, and just discuss like, what is that? Are those really the skills that we need to learn? Do we have a training problem overall? Do we need to be training more people with these skills as our education system completely failed us? Or maybe are there more things happening here that are keeping us from seeing problem solving, critical thinking, communication, humility on the employees that we hire? So with us today is our whole team. We've got everybody here. We've got our own Bethany Taff. Bethany, are you excited about this topic? I know I should have predetermined questions to ask because I always ask, are you excited about this topic? Which is a yes or no question. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Good insight. Yeah. I'll do it. Do you have a follow-up question? Yeah, the follow-up question. (laughs) That was great. Great critical thinking and problem solving there, Bethany. Great, great critical thinking. Are you a good critical thinker, Bethany? I would think so. I would think so, but you would have to, maybe you should ask the rest of the team. (laughs) I don't know. I think I am. Okay. All right. We're seeing some nods. I'm seeing some people nodding their heads, except for Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie was the last one to nod her head. So it was a little bit weird. Watch that one. We got. I Stephanie nodded. Just, it. it was maybe was it just a camera delay okay. for you? Okay, that's what. Well, I mean, for you're sure. also sitting over here next to me, so I can look over. But it's cool. Stephanie, are you excited about this? Stephanie Anderson, are you excited about this one? Yes. Stephanie, okay. So my follow-up question for you is: Is Bethany a critical thinker? She is a critical thinker. 
Yes, I believe she is. Okay, there you go. Right answer. That's good answer. <laughs> All right. We also have Diana Royalty joining us from Tacoma area. There, Diana, you brought this topic. Why did you Why did you pick this one? Why did you Why did you float this one out to the team? What jumped out at you? That's a really good question. I thought you were going to ask me the other question, so I had an answer for that. Never I a, mind. I had a real question <laughs> for it. No, okay. I'm just kidding. Um, honestly, I see a lot of business articles every day. Like my, you know, like the Google News feed. Apparently, it knows what I do for a living, and that's all that's in there. So the ones that I kind of look through, and I'm like, ooh, that'll spark some debate on our team. I throw those in the uh in our podcast channel so that we can talk about them later. So. I just think about the ones that I think will cause a little bit of a debate. And I put those in there. So you thought this topic of managers wanting hard skills and soft skills was going to create a debate on our team. I did. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So that's be Some of you listening are like, how is that debatable? Like, of course we need more problem solving and hard skills. You're going to find out. Right. And how we're going to find out is we're going to come together as a team and we're going to talk and our facilitator is going to be the Matt Griswold who is fresh off the road from Peoria, Illinois, right, Matt? We got to speak Peoria, Peoria, Illinois, at the Paradise Hotel and Casino. If you're in Peoria, tell the fine folks at the Paradise Hotel and Casino, Don and Matt said hello, right? We were, we didn't actually go into the casino. We were just, we, didn't, we were at the at the hotel and, you know, they, they took good care of us. Like, I won't even get into it. Anyway, uh, thank you so much uh, for this. I think Bethany's a critical thinker. I'm surprised she didn't have to take a little time to think about whether or not she was a critical thinker. So I don't know how critically she was actually thinking about that question. It seemed more off the cuff, which is, refreshing uh, i don't know for for uh bethany because she really is a critical thinker she's a deep yeah. thought person huh thanks matt yeah you're welcome you're <laughs> welcome you're welcome this is this is you know don this whole topic of this uh how you said you know this is going to be debatable and i like how diana admits that she just threw like a raw steak into a lion's den like watch it go like let's see what happens and i think honestly this is what brings the best content that we don't always agree on all of these things. As we were hashing out this topic before we hit record, it seemed like uh, Don was a little emotional about it and a little kind of whiny about the whole topic. And I was like, why are we so whiny about this topic? You know, like, why is this a bad thing? And Don, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be able to say, what, Diana, go ahead. You were whiny too. You was, you were just was, whiny in your own way. Like I was positively whiny. I'm going to paint the picture here. Just a second. Uh, just a second. You know, because you know when it comes down to me, Don and team and Stephanie, I think you were right there and Bethany uh, hopped on with me there too. It, it reminds me that uh, like voice fluctuation is important when we're saying these things. Don, you know, we do the, the communication styles and we talk about the empathizers, you know, the empathizers there, those, those people who are, you know, have an affinity for people and relationships. And we say, what are negative words to describe those people? And all the time, the whole room will sometimes they'll say emotional. Like they're like, Ugh, emotional, but it's all in the voice fluctuation because it's not bad to be emotional about some things. And it struck me that as we were having this conversation, Don, about these skills like problem solving, ugh, critical thinking, ugh, right? Don, can you maybe explain where the ugh comes from on that side? Because it's not about problem solving or critical thinking. Why were you on that side? Maybe frame that out for us. I also want to say that our top empathizer or one of our top empathizers on the team also just used the term whining. So we're just going to That's throw that out there. popular one from the empathizers workshop too. <laughs> 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 
You know, I, I think I you did pick up my voice inflection there of like problem solving and critical thinking, like what's happening there. So, I mean, we started this whole conversation off by saying managers are looking for employees who are good at problem solving and critical thinking and are looking for soft skills such as communication and humility. In my head, I'm thinking of a person who's who is hiring us as a company and saying, I have a terrible problem, Don. Our team is awful. They are not good problem solvers. They are not good critical thinkers. They don't communicate well, and they just need to have a little more humility. Trust me, in my head, I am not thinking, oh my gosh, your team must be awful. We must need to go and engage that team and train the heck out of them or bring in new players to be able to perform this. In my head as a consultant, and this is the truth bomb, I'm thinking we have a big management problem on your team. We have a management problem. And the reason why is that actually people are pretty good problem solvers in general. Not everybody. Some of you are going to think of the examples of some things that you've seen. But what happens more often at work is it's not that people don't have the ability to solve a problem or think critically. It's that they don't have the opportunity to. They're not thinking about, okay, how do I go to solve that? We're just, we're telling them what to do and saying, come back to me and give me information next. There's a good book called Multipliers that's about this. And it's the idea that how we manage people can actually impact their IQ. If I go and I tell a worker, if I say, hey, Diana, I need you to go do this, 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 and then come back to me and ask me for more stuff when you're done with that. I can make Diana dumber. Like Diana is super smart. She's got a lot of critical thinking. She's got her MBA. She's got, she is a, a top executive in the country. One of the top, she made the people centric top five list 10 years in a row. And that's true. True story. I don't publish the list. <laughs> that was amazing. I missed that. Good job, Diana. Congratulations. That was really top five. Good. It was really organization, good. Organization, that's organization wide, right, Don? Organization wide list wow. that we, we, we that's in my head that we don't I've never said before or published, but Diana is but, a so she's a gem. She doesn't need an award for it. I'm just she, she doesn't. That's why I didn't bring it out because of her humility, too, is because I want to make sure we don't feed anything. But I can manage Diana in a way by telling her all the things to do that make Diana effectively dumber. Then she's just going to shut off her brain, and go do the things, and then come back and say, Now, what do you want me to do, boss? And then we're just we're, we're stuck in that cycle. And that's what the book Multipliers talks about. If I ask good questions and say, How do we solve a problem? Beth and I were just on a uh, phone call with a relatively new client of ours and one of their employees, and they were going to set up, they're trying to solve a problem. And she showed up with some great solutions. And I don't think it's that, you know, the company kind of hired us to go work with this person to help them solve the problem. But all we did is we showed up and said, here's a problem that we're trying to solve. And they said, yeah, I want to solve the problem too. And here's what I'm doing. And she showed up with all of this great stuff. And all we did was listen. So I think a lot of times it's how we manage people that helps them to be good problem solvers and critical thinkers, not necessarily the skill sets that they develop. That's why my voice was inflected. That's why I was whiny. So when you heard that originally, Don, you heard... You heard the, the mic drop. When you heard that originally, you were going, oh, it's not because they don't do that. It's because you, manager, are not doing a good enough job to be able to create the space for you to be able to see that. You are blinded to the opportunity that, that is before you because you have not given it to them. Now, whenever I did, and I don't want to speak for Bethany here. Bethany, you can add to this too. Whenever I was listening to you, I was wondering why we were frustrated at the idea of managers wanting people with problem solving skills and critical thinking. And maybe I was going, maybe I was thinking, if I'm a manager trying to build a team, what do I want? What are the components? What are the ingredients of a, of a good team? And I'm thinking, okay, I need to hire some people maybe. Maybe if I'm looking for people to hire and we can back all the way up to that point, what are the components? What's the secret sauce here for me to be able to build the team, to be able to function at the level that I need them to function? I would say problem solving is right there. 
the the you know the ability to be able to problem solve, the ability to be able to critical think. There was some soft skill stuff in there too, like to be able to be able to uh, have maybe kind of a positive attitude, attitude, show humility. Like those are those are things that you should be looking for, right, Bethany? Yeah, I mean that's what I was going to say, and I think maybe we were looking at it from two different perspectives in terms of an existing team and how they're being managed, and somebody who is trying to hire and recruit people for their team. And so, yeah, I was kind of on that side too. That was like, well, yeah, of course you would want people who are problem solvers and critical thinkers and who have humility and who communicate well and all of those things. I guess the, the question would be then like, in if we're if we're looking at it from the, the perspective of building a team and hiring for people like that, I don't know. I don't, from my experience, because we're we've been hiring too, I don't think we have a unique set of people that necessarily come in and, and apply for our jobs or you know, for our open positions. I think that like we I've interviewed lots of people that we haven't even, you know, hired that I would say are, have a lot of humility or, you know, we're pr- probably pretty good at problem solving, but I think but I think the difference is understanding, like, what do, what do you mean when you say problem solving or critical thinking? Like, what is the thing that you're actually trying to get to? Because people can be pretty good at problem solving and critical thinking, but but what's the what's the what's behind that that you need them to accomplish to be able to be really good at that job? And yeah, I guess I'm just I would I would be surprised to see that people don't don't have humility in an interviewing process, but. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm interviewing different people. (laughs) No, I think you're, I think you're on the right track, right? They're trying to put their best foot forward and stuff. I I can, you know, I'm happy to hear your thoughts on this as well, but I was kind of on the same school of thought of Bethany going, if I'm trying to build a team, yeah, I would love all of those components. Don was kind of further down the road. I already have that team and I don't think anybody has it. Maybe the manager kind of failed and we can, we can walk through that too, but let's start from maybe the hiring process. Bethany kind of started to go there just, just a little bit. Like I, it, it, it's hard not to see humility in the interviewing process because there's a lot of things they don't know. But how do I, how do I help set my team up for success and this individual up for success during the hiring process if I am trying to see things like critical thinking and problem solving skills and and things like that? Do we have any advice or tips or, or things like that from the hiring process? How do I effectively set them and our team up for success by by maybe challenging them in the right ways during the interview process too in the hiring process, Diana? So I have a couple of tips on this. I think from the hiring manager's perspective, you need to think about the traits that you want for that person. So you want critical thinking. So then you have to ask questions that pertain to critical thinking. I'm, I've seen so many people who are like, tell me what your, uh, your, are you wine or coffee? Do you like wine or coffee? What's your favorite animal? Like, not, are you a lion or a lamb? None of those things are good questions. Those are like, really awful questions and they don't get to the heart of anything that you're looking for. And then as the interview, as the person interviewing, you want to tell stories that relate to those things. So you want to be able to show that you can do that. Don't just give yes or no. Don't just say things like, oh yeah, of course I can think critically, right? Show me how you can do that and a time when you have done that and be specific think through those scenarios before you go into the interview. So you don't have to be like, oh, let me think in my last job, I, and then say an example that isn't really great or doesn't showcase the best. And not asking, don't ask the questions of like, 
Are you a critical thinker? Right. Judgy, judgy. You guys are getting judgy. How on a scale of one to ten, how good of a problem solver are you? Like that's a really bad question. But like something that I do to your point, Diana, is I and sometimes it, I think it maybe makes people uncomfortable, but I <laughs> I think it's helpful is. Like I really ask a lot of questions about like their previous job or the job that they're currently in that they might be interviewing, you know, and and wanting to potentially leave. Like I'm, I ask them a lot of really specific questions um, about that position that they were in or are in to get a good understanding of you know, how they, how they critically think, or how do they manage difficult conversations or, you know, things like that to really, because they're in it right now. It's something that they don't have to like come up with a fake scenario of like, oh, I already thought about this whole example. Like you said, Diana, it's me just asking like in real time, no, tell me how this went, or I'm going to poke and prod a little bit here and there to get, to get some of that information out of people. Yeah, I, I I love that, and and Diana, you kind of went, uh, you know, we're we're talking about it for the person who's actually interviewing, trying to draw that out. Diana, you kind of slipped into it. I thought it was a great perspective. If you are an employee right now, and maybe you're about to go through a hiring process, understand these things. Maybe that you're looking at this article a completely different way, going, oh, these are the things that they're looking for. How do I then put my best foot forward to display these things whenever I am in the interview? And you might actually even take the next step when answering questions to be able to touch on these things proactively because admittedly uh not a lot of people maybe don't do the hiring process well and you might need to sell yourself just a little bit more on the things that you know answering the questions that they're not asking you if that makes if that makes sense especially in this day and time hiring and retaining seems to be the top top asked for topic for us to go speak about right now. And right now the hiring process is like you, you, you got great. Thanks for showing up. When can you start? Let's do this. And then they put a, they throw them in, right? We skip that step, but employee might, you might uh, put your best foot forward anyway and proactively check some of these boxes. Stephanie. Yeah. I'll add to that of like, be a good storyteller. You know, if you're asked a question or you can see somewhere on the jobs listing, hey, we want someone with critical thinking skills. We want someone who can do these type of things this way. Like tell good stories about how you've done that in the past. Because if you just answer like kind of yes and no, or like I like how Bethany talked about, like, can you rate yourself on a scale of this to this? That's probably one of the worst interview questions you could ever ask because who actually is going to rate themselves poorly? You know, <laughs> and that's where I would say when we were talking about humility in interview before, um, I used to do recruiting and I had tons of people who did not show humility in an interview before, <laughs> because sometimes you'd realize like our interviewing system, typically and traditionally how it's set up is a big brag fest just on yourself. And so if you don't naturally have humility, sometimes it can go very badly. It'd be fun um, to but, ask on a scale from one to 10, how humble are you? That'd just be fun to watch the other person squirm in an oh. interview. I mean, what's, it's a good and terrible question, you know, for you as the interviewer, it's a little entertaining, right? Because yeah, people do squirm. Um, and it's interesting to see what number they come up with between six and eight, because that's really the range. Like no one's going to rate themselves lower than a six and people know they probably shouldn't go higher than an eight. But all I to say, like, if someone asks you even a question like that, I think a better way to respond is like, Hey, you know, like I could rank myself, but can I maybe just give an example of how I've done this in the past and share like where I have skill in this area and tell them maybe when you were presented with a complex problem in your past work or your current job, 
how you solved it and how you brought, maybe brought the team together, how you presented a good solution, like help them see your process of thinking. Cause that's really what critical thinking skills are. It's not just, Hey, I always have all the answers all the time. That's actually not critical thinking. It's that you have this process that you've gone through where you've evaluated things. You've gone through the strategic process to make good choices. And I think that's, what's so hard about some of this. And I'll admit, I'm kind of on the Don side of the table with some of this, because I think traditional leadership in America tells not asks. And so that's where a lot of the times I think we see employers are like, man, like, I don't have anyone who has good critical thinking skills. And sure, maybe we can all think of somebody we worked with once who really wasn't super strong in that area. But for the most part, I think people have this, we just don't give them the opportunity to express it very well. And we just tell them everything. We have the answer for everything for them. We never give them the opportunity to actually problem solve on their own. So like Don said, they actually become worse and worse at it over time. And then they become codependent on you as their manager to kind of solve every problem for them. So there's my soapbox on this topic. <laughs> I think that's, no, I like, I think that's good, Stephanie. And, and, you know, to the point that you guys are making too, I think even in the, in the interviewing process for the person who's in, you know, who the, the person who, the candidate who's trying to get the job, right. I think a question for, you need to be prepared with questions to ask that manager, the person that's hiring too, to be able to say, like, if they're asking you about your communication, ask them about how they communicate or how the systems and the, the, you know, mechanisms that they have in place for communication within that organization or on that team or things like that too. So I think you can, you can be asked these questions in the interview process because that's what they're looking for. But I think it's also good to ask that, that question in return of like, how is your organization set up? Like, when does your team get together? How do you like to be communicated with? Um, here's what I would do, but I want to know how this this system, you know, how this team is set up to to manage that. Or whenever we are trying to solve a really difficult problem, do we have space and time where we, you know, are we expected to spend time on our own and sort of come back to the team with a solution? Or do we have time to problem solve together as a team or, you know, just what does that look like as well? And I think that those are some fair questions to also ask um, from the other perspective. I love that. And I think, you know, when I've done interviews in the past, if someone has no questions at the end, I'm like, oh, really? Because something that I know a lot of people look for that, I don't know if it made this list, but it's like that emotional intelligence and that self-awareness of like, Bethany, all those questions that you just asked show that you know how you like to work, how you work best. And so you're asking questions to try to figure out like, okay, does like the workflow of this team or this company actually match how I enjoy working or, or how I work the best and how I do my best work? So I think the more questions like that, that you can ask, um, can give you a really good idea on if it's a good fit for you. And then as the employer too, like watch for those questions and think about like, could you proactively ask some of those questions to see how someone responds? Part of me also thought about the perspective of these are the things managers are asking for. Does that mean that as employees, we're not showing it enough? And how as an employee, can we show it? Like, that's my question to you guys. How, how can we show it better to our leaders? that we are good critical thinkers, that we do have problem-solving skills, that we can communicate. Like, are there ways that we can show that to the leaders? Are they looking for it in us? Like, what's happening? I don't think we can. I think 
you have to, I think the employees have to know if they're missing something too. So it's like, there's also got to be that internal communication of like, are the managers even like telling their employees that they're like, I don't feel like we're problem solving. <laughs> like, I feel like our team is lacking humility. Like, do they have that communication in the first place to even know that that's something that their, their boss is concerned about? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, I guess my advice on this one would be if you're an employee is to take a beat before you bring a problem up to management. Take it. Take a minute and think about that problem, and maybe not. There's the old adage, and it's it's kind of true: is don't bring problems, bring solutions, right? I I, I bristle a little bit at that because I don't think that's always true. I think sometimes you have to bring a problem up and give everybody an opportunity to engage in that problem and engage in the solution. But there are times when it's just a moment of like you just have to think to try to solve your own problem if there's something that you're dealing with. I think about like a common one is, you know, IT problems, right? You're sitting in your, your, your office and you're struggling with something on your computer and something doesn't work the way you think it does. There's a temptation to just say, okay, well, I'm going to call IT or I'm going to turn this in or bring this to a manager or something like that. When you know that 98% of the time, the IT team is going to tell you the same thing. If you just pause and think about it, they're going to tell you to shut down your computer, restart it and see if it works. Right. So just take a second, like to take a beat and think, okay, well, have I tried the things I need to do to solve my own problems? Have I gone down the road a little ways to be able to fix those things? I think, I think that's the advice I would have, but I would again say, go back to what Stephanie said earlier when she took my correct side on all of this stuff. There's not really one correct side, but is the idea that if we manage our people to say, you need to tell me as soon as a problem arises so that I can solve that. And if you don't tell me that fast enough, then what you're doing is you're telling the employee, you're almost training them not to critically think, not to take some time. If you could encourage them by asking questions like, okay, that sounds like it's a big problem. What things do you suggest we attack? What, what have you done to try to solve that problem already? Then you kind of awaken that within people. When we do leadership development, one of the things that I think is unique about some of the things that we do when we offer that for companies is that we we want them to bring real problems into the, the fold. We want them to talk about real stuff because if we're just talking theoretical, it doesn't help them develop their skills on things. We have to, you have to get good at it by practicing it. And then as Diana said before, if you're looking for it, then you're asking people for examples of when they've practiced it. You want to hear stories of here's what happened, this problem arose. And so I thought about it and then I engaged these people and then we worked together to solve it. And that's how we did it. I, I think it's, I think as an employee, if you're looking to share that more, I think the most common mistake is to jump in and just share the problems and not try to think of solutions yourself. What a what a chicken or the egg conversation, right? Like, is it up to the employee to create that to happen or is it up to the manager to create space for the employee to be able to have that? Because I can just imagine there's a lot of employees right now, maybe you're driving to work, listening to the podcast going, my manager would never want that. Like, I know my role, I know my spot, like my manager is never open to that. And there's probably several employees working in situations right now where you do not feel like you do have a seat at the table to be able to try to critically think and problem solve and, and things like that. So in that case, yes, Shame on you, manager, because the managers are the first ones calling going, yeah, my people don't care. They're burned out. They're stressed. They're, you know, they read it like that instead of looking at themselves going, dang, what opportunities have I not given them to be able to even have them potentially display this as a skill or not? I, I you don't, the reality is you probably don't even know because you haven't maybe set them up for success in that area. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I think I like the chicken and the egg thing because is is it do you and do you bring your employees up or do they bring themselves up and show them? And it, they those two things really do happen at the same time. That's why we talk about empowered and aligned working together. I think another piece is that aligned piece is that it you maybe you're so Don, you're 
your mic cut out weirdly. You said, you said you may be, and then we lost you completely. I was on pins and needles here. I know. Needles. I know. Uh, is this better now? Are we better now? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was going to be good. Okay. It was really going to be good. Well, it could be that you are, some people are driving to work thinking, okay, I want to solve critical problems. I bring those things up to my boss, but they don't listen to me. Well, it might be, are you solving critical problems in your area? Are you applying thinking to your, within your scope of influence, right? I've, we've had employees that come up and say, strategically, our company's heading the entire wrong direction and we should fire the CEO. I am a critical thinker. They don't listen to me. Well, of course they don't listen to you. You're outside your sphere there of influence. So one of the a piece of advice I would give to you for employees is to solve problems within your area, like demonstrate your ability to do that and focus that. If you start to try to push those solutions out to other people, then there's a leadership lesson in that, by the way, for yourself on, on trying to influence other people. But I think it also tends to, tends to shut down managers of saying, well, I don't just stay in your lane, you know, fix your own problems. That's a good, I really like that point and something that's really relevant because I think it's not that, I don't think it's always that people are not good problem solvers. Some people already have the solution to all of the problems, you know, and they just don't know how to influence people and they don't know how to bring this to the table and have the right conversations to, to get those ideas heard. Um, and so I, I love that point, Don. I'm going to throw something else out there and people can disagree with me, but I think some of this like problem solving and how do you show maybe your, your leader, your manager, that you're a good problem solver is to kind of be like an anti-perfectionist a little bit um, I think there is this urge for some of us, maybe I'm talking about myself to like come to the table and it's like, you are giving them a gift of like, Hey, you didn't even know there was a problem, but I did. And I figured it all out and here it is. It's done. It's perfect. And I think sometimes why that doesn't still show you had critical thinking skills, because then you didn't show your work, you know, and, and people couldn't see the process that you went through. And then I think if you're in a really large company, then sometimes what happens is that no one thinks you're a critical thinker. They're just like, oh, well, that department just runs really smoothly and they have no idea what you actually do, the skills that you're bringing to the table, the work that you're actually doing to solve problems, to lead the team well, to help the company run. So I think there is a, a piece of this too, of like, if you are a perfectionist, resist the urge just to fix it all without bringing anybody else in. And it's not to say that we're just going to like air everything all the time and not be solutions-based, but like bring the problem to the group, bring the problem to the table, let them solve alongside you. And if you have those great skills, then like help the team see that, help your manager see you have these great skills because you're having a conversation about it versus just like, I just fixed it and no one ever even knew it was broken. And so again, someone can disagree with me on that thought, but that was just something that was running through my head as someone who is a perfectionist and struggles with some of that thought is like, if you don't ever bring anybody along in the process, then they'll never really know that you have that skill um, because no one ever sees it. No, I think that's what, that's what we're talking about, right? The managers aren't doing a good job of being able to release some of the reins there to, to, to let your horses run a little bit. I don't know how far, far I was going to follow that, that line of thought, there, but you're not creating the space. I, you know, we just have a few minutes left and we didn't, we've been on this technical side the whole time. But Diana, there was a whole other side of the article and we don't have time for the whole other side of the article right now, but there's a whole other side of like positivity and humility, right? Yeah, like the the quote unquote soft skills, you know, communication. Yeah, 
Yeah, the things that we also need. I know we've been we've been spending time on the technical side of this, and 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 maybe you know I would just throw this out there. I think organizations typically spend most of their time on the technical side of things. They they spend most of the time teaching the technical side of the job and how they need to function in that role. And what we see a lot of times is yes, the employees need that, but boy, they really desire some of those quote unquote soft skill stuff. Like where else do I get leadership development? things like how do i know how to have difficult conversations how do i know communication styles and to be able to communicate with other people how do i display humility in the workplace like how 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 do i what does humble leadership and, look and how do i know which soft skills i'm not displaying or i don't have like how do i know what i don't know like that right. seems crazy you know, we speak a lot of different you know, association level for a lot of different types of associations, but healthcare is a big niche of ours. And we go to these healthcare associations and, and you know, some associations are, are more onto this line of thought, the school of thought than others. But it's amazing to me when you get the agenda and we've come a long way, I think, and I think people centric, I'm just going to brag on us a little bit. I think we have really kind of bulldozed the way a little bit saying your people are desire the stuff like we're bringing the content to these different association events and conferences that they are asking for we're not teaching medical people how to be better coders or billers or providers or things like that we are teaching the stuff that that there is a gap in their learning at the organization that they're that they're coming with like you see the agendas and it is heavy 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 on technical stuff but then there'll be like uh, you know, I got an agenda the other day for a conference that's coming in in March. We're not in it. I'm trying to get there in the fall, but the agenda for this one is heavy, heavy, heavy. Breakout sessions, keynotes, everything is on technical side. And then there's one Lone Ranger speaker, and I'd, I'd, I'd say their name, but I can't remember their name right now. But it's like, be a great leader. For like an hour and a half of this three-day conference, they have something in leadership development surrounded by all of the technical skill set, too. And what we see a lot of times that after these are over, the post-survey results is these people that are going to the conferences, there's always a question that says, what would you like to see next time? And it's never more technical stuff. It's never more technical stuff. It's always more anything leadership development stuff that you can give me. That's what I'm after. And I think that's the side that we're always on as well. You guys do a great job technically training for the most part. Your people, right? The gap in, in helping them be as successful as they can in that role comes from that other side of stuff, this quote unquote soft stuff there. How do I manage being an effective human in this role at the same time? Yeah. And I think a lot of what we do and a lot of this podcast is a lot of the softer skills. It's how do I use communication to, to further development? How do I make sure that I am being a humble leader? How do I have difficult conversations with people that aren't like me? How do I embrace people who are not like me. So all of these, I don't know, we have over a hundred podcasts now. And I think most of those could be said that they are on the soft skills and we still haven't even scratched the surface. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the feedback that we continually hear as we're out and about in the country is we want more of that. We want more of that because I think that's what helps you be the best version of yourself uh, that you can be. It's not necessarily that you follow the process or the checklist. It is how are you, <laughs> how are you interacting with people? How are you relationship building with people? How are you fitting in with the team as you are completing that checklist? And that I think is the, you know, a, a big part of that secret sauce that we were talking about of being the most effective you that you can be. So hopefully, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I have to add that I don't think that you could be truly good at the technical skills without some of the soft skills mixed in. Like 
The soft skills mixed with those technical skills make you truly great at what you're doing. I don't think that if you're truly great at technical stuff, but you have zero of the soft skills that you're as effective as you can be. So like, to me, you have to have both and they're both equally important and one does not help without the other. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, even though you're, you're accomplishing those technical skills, but it's probably not just for you, by you, like you're passing that off to somebody else or there's another team involved in that as well. You're getting that information from somebody. I mean, you're connected to other people somehow. And how are you interacting with those other people? That That's a good point. Hopefully you took something from this here. So, and man, that was a lot of content. We could have probably broken that up and done a whole second half of that in the soft skills part. I do think it's interesting how Don had to bow out before we got to that part, but uh, he was all technical all, all, all on the technical side. Anyway, so uh, hopefully you took something from this. Uh, share the podcast with your friends um, and let us know if you have any feedback, other follow-up questions, or maybe other topics that you'd like to discuss. You can listen to the outro for how to get a hold of us. We love to interact with you. Hope you have a great rest of your work week. And uh, just go be awesome. Go be awesome. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.